Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I'm Cindy Brown, which is me. You can follow your Australia on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's Grumpy on the IG. You can catch this show, Second City Sports, on YouTube first every Monday and Friday at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's our YouTube channel. You can catch our lovely faces. You can not only listen to us live, you can watch us do our thing. So you can catch us on YouTube first right here at War Media, W-A-R-R Media. That's every Monday and Friday. You can catch our podcast still on Tuesdays and Saturdays at War on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor, which keeps you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. On all podcast platforms, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. <laughs> Lakina, let's hop into it. If you're a White Sox fan, you are not having fun right now. Their record as we stand uh, as of this recording is one and three after dropping three or four to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Lakina, <laughs> I- I'll say this as I run down the scores from the series. Of course, the Sox lost their uh, their opener on Thursday, 43. They bounced back on um, Friday night by the score of 12 to 8. They lost their last two games of their series by the scores of 5 to 3 and 7 to 4 on Sunday night baseball. Lakina, <laughs> we talked about it a little bit before the show. Uh, defense is, is going to be this team's Achilles heel if they don't clean it up. It's still early. I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon. I'm not going to say the season is over. I'm not going to wave the white flag. We're only four games into the season, but this is something that the Sox will have to clean up. We'll get into other issues that I've witnessed in the series in just a moment, but uh, that Louis Robert play from Saturday night uh, bouncing off his head. I don't know if you saw the meme on social media, but it was a <laughs> picture of a quote-unquote ghost of Eloy Jimenez. Yes. That, that, that was that was that was actually hilarious. Whoever yes. created that, you give him two thumbs up for that. Yes, but. Uh, the defense has been terrible, miscommunication out there on the outfield. And, of course, uh, the bullpen, uh, you could, uh, except for a couple people, you could blame them to an extent for all three of those losses, especially during the eighth inning. This is supposed to be the, the strength of this team. I think I believe it still will be, but just they didn't get it done when it needed most uh, over the weekend at Anaheim. Well, and the, the worthy thing about it is that, you know, Sunday's game, I mean, the Angels had three errors. The only reason why mm-hmm. the game was even close was because of those errors. That's how you know, the, Scots, the Sox scored, you know, a couple of those, you know, two, of their four, you know, two or three of those four runs was because off of mm-hmm. Angels' errors. So it would have been, the game would have been over maybe 20, maybe 15, 20 minutes, you know, beforehand, you know, the fact that they had to deal with it last at bat, you know, watch mm-hmm. with the 3-1 home run walk off to win that game in the series. I mean, unfortunately, again, you kind of figured that with Eloy being out, 
you know, there's definitely going to be some defensive deficiencies. Like I said before, I did not expect that to be on my baseball 2021 bingo card. Baseball uh, uh, White Sox are having <laughs> defensive issues, but again, here we are. Look, I think they'll they'll clean it up. I, I think this, this team is too good not mm-hmm. to clean that sort of stuff up. And it's sort of minor things. So I'm not, you know, I'm hearing like, you know, I've been listening to um, sports radio both of our stations here in Chicago. I mean, White Sox fans are already like talking about, you know, jumping off the bandwagon. You know, folks are freaking out. Like, oh, my God, the team sucks. You know, fire La Russa. Look, guys, calm down. You're only four games in. And, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be playing a Mariners team that's, excuse me, that that's decent, but they're not, you know, at that level. So, they're at that level, yet they still got about a year or two. So, you know, tr- but then again, it's been a house of horrors for the White Sox, unfortunately, Seattle has. So, you, know, you hope that you can get a, at least win the series, if not, if not sweep, at least win that series. That way, you know, you get some confidence as you come back home. Now, if you end up losing that series to the Mariners, yeah, you can kind of, yeah, maybe you could panic. But I think right now, don't do it. Going back to that series against Anaheim, uh, also, besides the bullpen's issues over the weekend, the offense, it, outside of Friday's game, it was just nowhere to be found when you yeah. needed it most. Uh, Sunday's game in particular, they were 0 for 8 and 0 for 16 in runs and scoring position up until they tied the game off a wild pitch in the ninth inning. Uh, the Up until that point, the Sox only had a total of three hits, and all three of those hits were singles as as I wanted to say during our White Sox preview show, and I'll say it here, without uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Tony LaRusso, the manager, has to take a page out of the 2005 White Sox playbook and to create runs. And you're seeing them starting to do that a little bit. He's going to have to do that just a little bit more uh, to keep pace and to start winning these games. Now, that's not going to work to cover up the defensive issues every night, but you have to get creative uh, uh, with a bunch of hidden run strategies and a lot more stolen a uh, lot more opportunities to steal bases. I expect right. to see that as the year goes on. But the lack of offense has just, just been non-existent outside of Friday's victory. It's just been non-existent so far for my liking. Oh, yeah, and I think that's hopefully they can clean that up too. I mean, they had 10 guys left on base in, that, in Sunday's game. You had, I think they in total they had they left like, they left like almost 30 guys on base you know, in total for mm-hmm. the whole series for the White Sox. So, unfortunately, timely hitting, that was sort of the team's strengths last year. Unfortunately, that's not been the case. You know, Tim Anderson had to be pulled out because of a hammy. Hopefully, it's not too serious, and he'll be back soon. And, you know, Lourdes Garcia, unfortunately, you know, I wonder why they made the switch. Because I, I, I don't understand that because, it, you know, he was actually the, the guy he replaced. I forgot. I got to get his name out. But the Urbanator, as they called him, um, <laughs> you know, he was actually, I think he was like, what, nine, one for, ni- you know, nine for nine or ten for ten or something like that. Sid, so um, Eight I'm for old, eight. Hmm. Eight for eight. So, you know. Yeah, to start off his uh, career. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking now, now he didn't have a good outing on Sunday. You know, he was I think he shook out a couple of times, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of sort of like okay, so let let's get everybody to mesh well and and everything. But some people were saying that the you know, we saw this in spring training. You know, people were wondering because you know a lot of the guys weren't hitting or they didn't you know there wasn't a lot of good timely hitting. You know, that some people wanted did that spill over? So we'll we'll see. Shout out to the Yerminator, Yermin Mercedes. Yermin Mercedes. Well, well, <laughs> or, or I think it's Merced, Mercedes or something. I don't, I don't know how they pronounce it. I, know, I think I heard, I think I heard Benetti um, pronounce it Mercedes, but then I heard Lynn Casper say Mercedes. So I, I have no clue how, how you say his it's name. It's Mercedes now since that hot start. But um, congratulations to him. It, 
it, it's something that that's why this is the reason one of the many, many reasons like we white why say that five times in a row <laughs> this is one of the many Touch reasons <laughs> why we why we like sports looking something that you, you didn't expect to happen happens especially with a feat like that to start off your career eight for eight Come on now, who, 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 who expected that? If someone's going to tell me right now that you expected that to happen, you're BSing yourself. Stop lying. You were surprised just like everybody else. And it, it was a fun thing to watch. Now, like you mentioned, Lakina, Yerman uh, struck out a couple of times on Sunday, but the man is human. He's not going to yeah. get a better every <laughs> single time at the plate. But uh, it was just uh, it was just a, a something of uh, a phenomenon to watch, and uh, I, I'm agreeing with Jason Benetti. I think he said this on Saturday's broadcast. Uh, he needs a bobblehead day. Once the, the capacity opens up to more fans, uh, the Sox promotions department they need to have a bobblehead day for for Mercedes. Even I, he don't have to do anything else ever again. Just no. have a bobblehead day for him, and and it's a wrap. Well, they already got like T-shirts of you know, for him, so I think he, they already like and hats and stuff, so and, and gloves too. So I um, think they're already and, and even masks. He's a catcher, so I'm like, you know, I'm looking forward. <laughs> that should be interesting too. But again, yeah, I'm not. Look, I, I wouldn't be too worried if you're a Sox fan. If you don't look, if you lose a series against the Mariners. <laughs> Then you can probably say, okay, you might freak out a little bit. But right now, look, we're only four games in. You know, calm down. It's 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 fine. And look, I mean, the Angels look pretty good too. So you know, no one, mm-hmm. no one's really expecting them to do anything. So we'll see. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. That's me. As we talk about the Chicago White Sox, we'll get to the Cubs in just a moment. Uh, wrapping up with the White Sox, Lakina. Garrett Crochet and Michael Kopech, I tweeted this out on Saturday, I believe. Michael Kopech looked great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, know ev- I know eventually he's going to be a starter for this team. When, whether that will be, maybe it's later this season, maybe it's next season. I doubt it, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But he looked good um, in a Sox uniform, not pitching in the last two years. Uh, and Garrett Crochet, we saw a little bits of him last year. Uh, you, you saw the potential in him. He looked good as well over the weekend. So outside those two uh, two guys that I just mentioned, the bullpen needs some more work. I know Liam Hendricks, I'm not going to slam him too much because the Sox were up big on Friday. I know he gave up a couple of dingers, but I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I know he's our new closer, so he's going to uh, be led off the hook. But Evan Marshall and Hube, um, Huber, I know he struggled. Mike Trout on Sunday, he challenged him. I get that. But uh, Aaron Bummer, he didn't come through. I think all those guys will eventually work their issues out. But Gary Crochet and Michael Kopech, give those two guys credit. They're those only two that they look good so far out of that saxophone pit. Yeah. Well, let's hope they get together because we all, we all, when we had our, when we did our preview, preview show with the White Sox last week with our panel, we, we said, you know, and all the guys mentioned that the middle relief, that's going to be a big problem for them. For mm-hmm. the, that could be like the one deterrent for the White Sox. And so far, unfortunately, it has. So hopefully they can clean it up. And look, it's a long season, 162. Hopefully they can get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have you as you mentioned, Lakeen, They have a quote-unquote easy schedule. Uh, start uh, wrapping up their West Coast road trip with three games at Seattle, like you mentioned, Lakeen. Just like in Oakland, the Sox for for whatever reason, for whatever reason struggled at those two places um, in years past, including the World Series year. Yep. Uh, so I, the, what is it? I don't know. But if you're <laughs> the Sox, even I don't know if Tim Anderson is going to play that series. If I'm the White Sox, you. 
He's one of your catalysts. He's your leadoff hitter. If he doesn't play during that series, I'm all for it. Hamstrings are one of those injuries that could be tricky, just like sprained ankles. You cannot mess with those. You had to take uh, all the precautions in the world. I'm sure the White Sox are going to do that. If Tim Anderson doesn't play this series, I'm all for it because you have uh, a home series with Kansas City and Cleveland coming up uh, to uh, start your homestand of to uh, end the week. So you have the home opener on Thursday. You have an off day on Friday. So if Tim Anderson doesn't play until the home opener or until Saturday when they resume after the off day on this upcoming Friday, I'm all for it. So, but still with that being said, they should do no worse than two out of three in Seattle. Let's, let's, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Mm -hmm. Like, like we've been saying, I mean, for some reason they, they have not played well in Seattle. And this, look, this doesn't go back just in recent years. This go back a long time, even in the 90s. So I think mm -hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason, so I'm thinking hopefully they can kind of, you know, exercise those demons and hopefully they can win the series and get some confidence. Exactly. Uh, another team in Chicago that's playing with confidence, that's the Chicago Cubs at the drop in their home opener uh, last Thursday to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they rebounded with five to one victories on a uh, five to one victory on Saturday and on Sunday, they uh, held on to to beat the Pirates four to three. Lakina, unlike the White Sox offense, the Cubs offense, um, in key situations, came through. Jason Hayward had the game-winning home run, I believe, on Saturday. Yep. Uh, Sunday's game, uh, they came out the gate early, but they barely held on to win. But their bullpen's starting to look a little nice right now. I'm not going to say it's the be best in baseball and all that. They still had their issues, too. We talked about that during our Cubs preview show. Go back and look for it on YouTube. But uh, that Cubs bullpen has been okay so far. The offense is starting to come through. Javi Baez, as I mentioned, Jason Hayward. Hayward, he had a uh, home run on Saturday. Uh, Chris Bryant, Anthony, Anthony Rizzo, hopefully they can start picking it up. And hopefully this team can live up to expectations, maybe uh, exceed some of those expectations. But they took care of business against a lesser opponent at home this weekend. I mean, which is what they're supposed to do. I mean, look, mm -hmm. I think I know people, Cubs fans, were again, you know, listening to some of the, you know, Chicago sports radio and also television. People were already freaking out about the Cubs. They're like, oh my God, they suck. They're gonna trade, trade everybody. I'm like, oh, they're gonna start over. Okay, guys, this is why you. This is why I think folks should just, you know, not do anything or make any sort of synopsis, you know, not till at least like a month into the season because you're, you're going to mm -hmm. get, you're probably going to get like, you know, what these teams are really going to be. I mean, look, the Cubs, you know, look, they didn't have, look, they didn't have a good, a good out in their first, in their first game. They, they didn't, and they, they admitted it. But look, you know, they took advantage of some of the, you know, some of the key mistakes, you know, for the Pirates, which is what you're supposed to do, supposed to do against a team that you know is mm -hmm. not going to be, you know, very good this year. So I'm, I'm glad they, they did that. Look, Craig Kimmel had his best outing since joining the Cubs. He struck out the side on mm -hmm. Saturday to get the save and also, too, did not give up a hit. So I think, look, I, you know, maybe he's starting to kind of come around and get his confidence back. And look, Chris Bryant, I think he's sort of feeding off some of that motivation had a you know had like four hits and a couple mm -hmm. couple of home runs you know and had a um, had like an R, a couple of RBIs too so you know he's actually been you know playing very well you know like you said Ian Happ had a home home run on Sunday mm -hmm. Jack Peterson has been getting some timely hits too is it, too in his first you know few games with the Cubs in the regular season so and and look the pitching I know Hendricks you know Hendricks didn't have his best outing he admitted it afterwards look Zach mm -hmm. Davies had a good out had a good outing had five strikeouts. 
I mean, look, I think that, look, this is what you want to see if you're a Cubs fan. This is kind of the start you want. And maybe you could challenge for the Cardinals. We'll talk about them in a second for the division. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But I think that, look, having a, a win like this, yes, granted against the Pirates, but it gives them confidence, you know, going into the season. And maybe they can make some noise. Look, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but maybe they can kind of make it a little harder for St. Louis. If the Cubs are going to contend for the division, their offense has to be more consistent. And like you said, they had to get more than adequate uh, consistent starting pitching. As you mentioned, Hendricks didn't have his best of an opening day. But let's give props to Jake Arrieta as well. Did watch some some of that game on Saturday. Uh, He had his stuff. uh, His command was excellent. I know he only pitched five or six innings, but he, he had a command of the plate. And he, like you say, he still has something left. I'm not saying he's going back to 2015 or 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's hold hold off on that. But for for what he what he's expected to do for this team on the mound, uh, you'll take that performance every time. Oh yeah, I mean, look, five strikeouts. I mean. Probably his best out in the last couple of years. You know, he, of course, we all know in Philly he had his struggles. But, I mean, look, I think that, you know, he's been, you know, getting better, getting his command under control. So, look, I mean, hopefully if if the, if the we could get this Jake Arrieta, you know, consistent pitching, I think the Cubs, you know, can kind of be mm-hmm. sort of right there for one of the wild card spots, if not for the division. Yeah, as I said before, Lakina, who else is going to take take up the uh, starting pitching uh, uh, um opportunity besides Kyle Hendricks uh, if Kyle Hendricks struggles or heaven forbid he gets hurt who's going to pick up the site will it be Arietta? will it be Azalea will it be Zach Davies who looked good on Sunday uh, uh, you, you someone's going to have to uh, have to be consistent who's going to be that number two to Kyle Hendricks yeah it'll be and Jake Arietta, like I said before he had a strong start on Saturday I want to see you what he does going forward for the next month before we really start to judge uh, what can we realistically project for the rest of the season. Should be very interesting, though, for Cubs fans, I think. And look, I, I look, I think that – look, I said before the Cubs could probably, you know, contend for a playoff spot if they can be consistent with their both their pitching and their hitting. They have a series against the Brewers at home, mm-hmm. so we'll see what they can do. Yeah, it's a big, even though this is going into the second week, first full week of the season, I should say, it's a big series, a a big three-game series at home against Milwaukee, and then you go to Pittsburgh for three, uh, starting on Thursday for Pittsburgh's home opener. So the Cubs have a chance to uh, gain some ground and get off to a good start because Milwaukee, as we said before, they could be, they're one of those teams that you don't know which way they they, they could go. I did watch some of that series over the weekend against Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota tore a little something-something into them, as the kids would say, offensively. And, and Pittsburgh, they're the bottom of the division, but you cannot take them for granted. So the Cubs can build on something here and, and get off to a good start. Absolutely. Let's hope they can. So let's go to the rest of the MLB for a second before we close out our baseball talk for this episode. <laughs> Who's impressed you so far? Team, player? The Los Angeles Dodgers, um, they did what they had to do, sweeping away the Colorado Rockies. But that that's not the big story, Lakina, from that series. The big story uh, was that, uh, of course, as we talked about before, the, the fans at tw- between 20 and 30 percent capac- capacity are are allowed at these uh, at these stadiums, and that's great to see. We're not back to where we need to be yet, but this is the start of the process. This is the beginning of the process. Colorado, I think I sent you that article from CBSports.com. Uh, uh, the Colorado uh, allowed 
42% capacity into Coors Field over the weekend. I get it because it's the Dodgers. They're the defending champs, and it's your rival. I'm not saying I didn't have a problem with it. I don't. I wish that happens would happen sooner rather than later here in Chicago, but that's a whole other issue we'll leave that alone for today. But it was nice to see just about a full house uh, at Coors Field. They were spread it out. Fans still had uh, still have to wear their masks, uh, except for they're eating and drinking. So uh, it, it, it was nice to see a, a resemblance of a full crowd at Coors Field. The Dodgers, but on the field, the Dodgers look good. The Houston Astros look good. Oakland coming out of the gate struggling, but I, they'll, they'll get it together. So those are the two teams right out of the gate. They impressed me over the weekend. Well, I love the fact that for the Dodgers, they lost that opener, but they were able to kind of, you know, get yeah, back it wasn't the... a sweep. Uh, be all right, but after that, they, they won yeah, the rest look, of the games yeah, in the series. Yeah, they, they got back to, you know, what made them, you know, champs last yeah. year. And I, I think that, you know, that the, you, you know, the pitching looked really good. You know, they, they had some good hitting. And, that look, that's a tough place to play over at Coors Field. So the fact that mm-hmm. they were able to, to pull, you know, pull at least, pull at least, you know, win the series, I think that was, you know, they should be committed yeah. for that. The Phillies looked really good. You know, they're off to a 3-0 and start. Baltimore. I mean, again, they we you know, we saw this last <laughs> look, we saw this last year of Baltimore. They swept the you know they swept their opening series and then pfft, you know they they kind of went yeah. <laughs> went down yeah. the wayside out afterwards where they should be. So I'm not <laughs> I know Baltimore fans are like, oh okay, so we're not taking them down now. You probably are. Um, Houston. I mean. <laughs> Houston, I mean, look, they, they were booed mercilessly in Oakland. You know, they actually said, I, for, I forgot, oh, but, uh, before you cheese that hit song by Carrie Underwood, that song was playing. But, you know, like, like our buddy Sean Salisbury, who does radio out there in Houston, like down there in Houston, he said, look, like, I think they're feeding off the fact that, you know, nobody likes them. So, and they're feeding yeah. off that. So, you know, they're off to a 4 and 0 start. You know, Altuve's looked really good so far. And, <laughs> and, and, and look, I, I think that should be interesting to see what, what the rest of this, you know, as far as we get to like the week of the season into the month. Also, shout out to the Toronto Blue Jays uh, taking two out of three in Yankee Stadium against uh, New York. Uh, as, as I predicted, Toronto's going to get one of those two wild card spots coming out of the American League. You mentioned Baltimore. <laughs> uh, shout out to them. I know they're 3 and 0, but Boston. I didn't expect much from this year anyway, but they did not look it out. did watch some of that game on Sunday. They don't have the pitching. Their offense is just shot. Yeah, I mean, I think I think how had the mighty have fallen, right, Sid? I mean, they were competing mm-hmm. for yeah. division. They were competing division for division titles just three or four years ago. Now they're kind of they're back to kind of where Baltimore will probably yeah. end up being. So it might be a fight with them. You know, who will get the who will have the worst record in the AL? So AL East, I should say. So we'll. That'll be interesting. And look, I'm not worried about the Yankees. I mean, but that's a really good upstart Blue Jays team. And I think, look, I think the one once, you know, by the by the month this time next month, I think we'll probably see, you know, both the Yankees and, and the Blue Jays sort of battling out in the AL East. Yeah, and a couple of quick updates for you guys. Uh scheduling update the Washington Nationals who haven't played a game this year. Uh, they'll open up their home part of the schedule uh, against the Atlanta Braves on Tuesday with a doubleheader on Wednesday. The New York Mets will play. The, uh, the my the computer ran out. The they'll play the Phillies. Sorry, yeah, my computer started to skip on me. But the New York Mets will play uh, the Phillies. They were supposed to play the uh, the. I think they were supposed to play the Nationals. So yes, uh, they, they had a few. They had a few days out dealing with COVID issues. Well, the Nationals were d- dealing with COVID issues. So. Uh, those are the two updates that we have for you. Now, Lakina, before we move on to college basketball, 
A couple of things here. We didn't talk about this in our last episode. I want to get your opinion on it quickly. Of course, the baseball all-star game, which was supposed to be in Atlanta this year, is not going to be there because of the voter suppression law. Of course, baseball commissioner Ryan Manfred said, we're not going to play there uh, the all-star game there this year. So we're going to move it out of there. Uh, the site uh, for the new site for the all-star game will be determined at a later date. And the governor of Texas he was supposed to throw the first pitch for the whole opener uh, on Tuesday. Uh, he, he backed out because uh, he disagreed with baseball's uh, decision of moving the all-star game out of, <laughs> out of Atlanta. Uh, I know some people don't want sports and politics to mix. I get that to an extent, but sometimes you cannot avoid it. I want to get your opinion about uh, did baseball do the right thing? Yeah, I, th- I think that I think they did. They probably felt that. And I think also too it was corporate America. I think I think corporate America mm-hmm. sort of was the ones like some sponsors decide we're gonna pull out of you know sponsoring the All Star Game in Atlanta if the you know, MLB didn't do anything. So they really didn't do this because out of the goodness of their heart or because it was the right thing. It was because you know sponsors were threatening to boycott and pull out. So that's you know mm-hmm. that's you know in the in that that sort of closed the chapter in that sense. But uh, look, I mean, look. Have con- yes, elections have consequences, but if you do something stupid, you win stupid. Ga- you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, and now <laughs> you're, look, you're you're missing out on that's about, about what sixty million for the city of Atlanta. Yeah. Sorry, y- y'all y'all bought this stuff by yourselves. So look, I mean, hey, Illinois, look, we just made voting easy here in Illinois. Our governor, Governor Pritzker, signed a new bill, you know, to make mm-hmm. you know voting easier here in Illinois. So hey, MLB, what about us? Hi. Was- I was thinking about that, Lakina. Me, several, surely I wanted on the south side, but we haven't had it since 2003. So I think if the when the MLB All-Star Game gets back here, it will be in Wrigley Field. For those of you guys that may not remember or just don't know, the last time Wrigley Field had hosted an All-Star Game was back in 1990. If you remember that, it was it was almost a rainy night. They barely yes. got the game in. Yep. But uh, that was the last time Wrigley Field hosted an All-Star Game. I think when it gets back here, it will be in Wrigley Field. You know, of course – Everything has changed about that neighborhood since then. Of course, thank you to the Riggers that made it a playground over there. I haven't been over there since they rebuilt that, but uh, from from the looks of it on TV, it looks really nice. So uh, I'm assuming that they finished with the majority of it. So uh, it, it, I don't think it will happen this year, but probably I, my guess would definitely be in the next five years, you'll get the All-Star game in Wrigley Field because they, they haven't had it longer uh, here than the White Sox. So. I mean, they might put it at Dodger Stadium. I know uh, Gaffney. Maybe they were supposed to have it last year, but due to COVID, they had to. Yeah, so they might, they might wipe it out. Yeah, so then they might, they might, you know, you know, take it to Los Angeles. I know Gavin Newsom, who's the governor in California, he's been lobbying for it too. So it's going to be a fight on, yeah. hey, you know, who's going to get the All Star game? I'm interested to see who does end up getting it. Yeah, I heard Tim Kirchin over the weekend from ESPN. He said, put it in Milwaukee because they they were supposed to honor Hank Aaron. They're still going to do it anyway. It just won't be in Atlanta for the All Star game this year, but. Tim Kirchin said, put it in Milwaukee because that's where Hank Aaron started his career. Of course, before the, the Atlanta Braves, which they know now, they started in, in Milwaukee. So I said, I get it. Do you, if you're the if you Commissioner Manfred, do you really want to put the All-Star game in Milwaukee? I know they haven't had it since 02. If you guys don't remember, they had the infamous time. Buck Sealy had the famous shrug, and they did that this time it counts BS, which thank goodness that's not a part of the All-Star game anymore. Thank goodness. But – if they put in Milwaukee, fine, but I think there's better options. That's yeah. just me. Yeah, I think they'll probably put in like in one of the bigger cities, like 
like Los Angeles, like Chicago, here in Chicago, like New York. It'll probably end up being in one of those those particular cities. Well, one place they they're not going to put it there yet is Texas, <laughs> especially after what the governor did. <laughs> nah, that's not happening. No, no, I think your governor they, that governor just ruined it for themselves. Yep. All right, so Sid, let's you know, let's do some college hoops now. We unfortunately we won't be able to break down the national title game on the men's side between the two number one seeds. You know, and I think this is probably the matchup that I think a lot of college hoops fans wanted. Well, you got it, Baylor and Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Baylor will try to derail derail Gonzaga's undefeated season, of course. You know, Gonzaga's trying to vie for undefeated season since 1976. But both teams are vying for their first national championship in men's hoops. So I think this this will be the first ever national champion for Gonzaga, if I'm not mistaken, unless they've won in another sport. Okay, so, you know, someone's going to win their first regardless. We'll see what happens. We'll have the breakdown later this week. Yep, and let's review the, the two games from Saturday. Of course, we'll start off with the instant classic. Uh, the primetime game is number one, Gonzaga gets by UCLA 93-90 to 90 in overtime. Jalen Suggs with a 30-footer at the end of overtime to give the, Gonzaga, the being Gonzaga Bulldogs the victory. Lakina, remember I told you my, my key to that game was who was going to have the least amount of turnovers. UCLA stayed with Gonzaga. Throughout that whole game, they had a couple of chances to win it at the end. They couldn't convert, but Gonzaga came through when they needed it most. Even though it was a lucky shot by Jalen Suggs, it was a great shot. It was a great ending to a great game. I'm not going to say it was one of the best games ever. It's right up there, top five. You can say, let's be fair. But it was, that was a great game to watch. And UCLA, even though they lost te- technically on the score sheet, no – no one really lost. You, you know what I'm saying? It was a great game between two great teams. UCLA should hold their heads up high. No one expected them to get on this run. They're not the, I know they're not the powerhouse in college basketball like they used to be before we were born, but it was one hell of a run by the Bruins. T- tip your cap off to them because I could do what they had to do down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, look, Look, to me, I think, yes, it was a great shot by Suggs, but the fact that they needed a mm-hmm. shot like that, especially when you're hearing, we were hearing pundits say, oh, well, they're going to blow UCLA out by like 20 mm-hmm. plus points. Look, I, that did not sit well with me. I remember all y'all, and look, I could be petty and bring up some of y'all tweets, but I'm not, so I'm not going to do that. Look, UCLA gave you the formula to beat them. And look, yes. as great as that shot was by Suggs, look, is it like, is it, it's in the top 10? Yeah, but look, there have been clutch shots to win a championship. If this had been for the championship, then I would put it up there. You know, I think Chris Jenkins, um, the late, great Lorenzo Charles, I think they were, and also Key Smart, even though there was still about 10, 15 seconds left in that, mm-hmm. Syracuse still had a chance to win that was in the 87 championship game. They were all like a word. So, um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, you have, look, they did what they're supposed to do. And look, they, this is what, you know, top teams do they come back but again like UCLA gave the formula and we'll again we'll, we'll talk about it later this week but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the national championship game but look I mean classic game I wouldn't put it up there I mean yes it was a you know look the UCL the, uh, the Duke UNLV game from 91 that was really yes. good yes the that best college good, basketball game I've ever seen yeah I mean 
Yeah, exactly. Um, there was another game from like a couple of a few years back that was really good. I forgot, but yeah, there, there have been the you know, better games. I think. Oh, the 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 Georgetown St. John semifinal from '85. That was a good mm-hmm. one. So I, I mean, look, I think I you gotta love living in the moment. Twitter. That's what I said. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. love living in the moment. Twitter. Because everybody, oh, this is the best shot ever. This is the best game. Okay, guys. Look, I think, did you forget some of these other games, especially that Chris Jenkins won just a few years ago? It's been five years, which is crazy. It's been five years, but that game was good, and that was for the championship, folks. So Let's not forget the great Mike Jordan. Now Michael Jordan, he was with North Carolina back in 1982 (laughs) when he he had that shot. So we had some great moments. Now, breaking down the box score quickly from uh, this game, uh, Timmy from Gonzaga had led the team with 25 points. Chris Bird had 15 points. Jalen Suggs, who hit the game winner, had 16. Uh, uh, Name Band had 11 points, and Ayaye had 22 points. So I like the balance scoring that that Gonzaga had, and you, you need that, especially at this time of year. Look, it was look, it was good. Look, the the scoring was good. I mean, the, you know, the, you'd like to see you know the, the spreading out of the scoring, but again, I think UCLA left some shots out. Yeah, and I think that that defense. I think they should have. Someone should have put a body on Suggs. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, I don't. They didn't have a timeout left. I know, Cro, you know, McCrona was yelling like, you know, cover him, cover him, or something like that. You know, I guess they didn't hear him, so that's what ended up happening in, in that front. But I, I, mean, I mean, again, you know, like I said, Gonzaga is not unbeatable. I think, like I said, UCLA gave you the formula, <laughs> formula. So mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, once you know we talk about it, hopefully this will be a classic game on Monday. Because if you look at Baylor, Baylor just hammered. Houston now again, you know, look, Baylor, you know, can defend very well. They actually were able to, you know, take advantage of some of those bad shots, you know, they were missing, you know, that Houston was. I mean, they were six for 19 from three point range, 31%. Yeah. They just, they didn't score for like almost 10 minutes in the first half. So that's why Baylor was able to pull away when they did. So I'm, I'm interested to, see, you know, to see, you know, once, you know, once this game is played on Monday night. Hopefully it's a classic one. Now, what did you think about that 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 first semifinal? As I said before, Lakina, I thought there there would be uh, I would be shocked if Houston got blown out. Of course, they got blown out. That was an ugly game to watch. I did turn it turn it off in midway through the second half because Houston had a chance to get back in, but Baylor was just too strong. And remember, my key to that game was who was going to out rebound who, especially on the offensive end. I know that it was a 33-28 advantage at uh, at the end of the game for Baylor. But at halftime, Baylor had a nine uh, – uh, um, it was a nine-rebound differential yep. on rebounds, 20-11. to 11. And Houston was just missing a lot of open shots. And they were turning the ball over as well. So, as you mentioned, they didn't score for, for – for 10 minutes straight, it, it was just ugly. And Baylor's three-point shooting, especially in that first half, it was just right on point. But yeah, and also to their defense, I think that they forced for some of those some of those minutes that mm-hmm. they didn't score. Houston did. I mean, Baylor played a lot of some really good team defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I think you know we were surprised that it would end up being a blowout. I mean, may, maybe we shouldn't have been. I mean, you know, he's just had no answer because, like I said, when when Baylor hits their threes, they're pretty much mm-hmm. unbeatable. So, you know, that's exactly Houston, what happened too. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Houston had to learn that the hard way. Yep, Houston had to learn it the hard way, but <laughs> I, 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 I just didn't expect that Houston would play this bad. 
I know they didn't get much coming from that bench. I know most of it came up in garbage time so toward the end of the game. But you couldn't get anything going, and no one decided to step up and say, this this game is on my shoulders. I'm going to carry you through. We're down. Let's try to come back. It just seems like they – and it's not just seeming. It can turn out to be true. The Cougars could not find a way to break that – Baylor Bears defense, especially from the perimeter. Uh, it, it was just non-existent. No one was going to the basket. No one was being aggressive. It, it was just like, okay, our shots are not falling. And let's see if something something out of the blue can – we wait for something else to happen instead of going out there and make it happen. That's the vibe that I picked up watching that first half on Saturday. And let's remember, too, Houston played three double-digit Cs in his route to the Final Four, which is not – look, it's not their fault. I mean, it was their fault that the teams, you know, Illinois lost. Um, it, it, was just, it was just a – look, I think it was just unfortunate. I think this Houston team – this was the best team Houston has played in the last couple of weeks. So, unfortunately, I think, you know, Baylor just shows you why they've been one of the top teams in the country for a whole season, you know, virtually. Yep. Like, like Lakina said before, we'll review uh, the championship game on our next episode coming up later this week. Hopefully it'll be a classic game. If you're smart, Gonzaga will win this game. <laughs> if you listen to this on the, via the podcast on the Tuesday, which is today, uh, assume that Gonzaga won. <laughs> how, how have it played out? You'll find out in our next episode. I'm not the late Miss Cleo. I cannot give you lottery numbers either. So... <laughs> So, but uh, we'll review that game on our next episode. It, sh- it should be a, a good one. Lakina, let's take this 20-second timeout. We have a lot to talk about on the flip side. We'll get into the Chicago Bulls. The losing streak is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I told you in our last episode, they had a chance against Brooklyn. Look what happened. We'll break that down. We'll break down their schedule coming up this week. And the best of worst from the association over the weekend, I got some um, some interesting talking points from that. We'll get into a little bit of the NFL. Some things are going to happen television-wise in week one. And, Lakina, we got to talk about the versus battle that happened on Easter Sunday between the Isley brothers and Chicago's very own Earth, Wind, and Fire. And we also have to. We also have some college hoops notes, too, some coaching news, you know. Mm-hmm. Porter Moser has decided to take that next step, as we all thought he would also. But the Loyalists keeping in the family and also, to some other coaching changes in college hoops, too. So we got a lot of that, you know, all that and more to talk about. So we'll, you know, just stay right there and for more Second City Sports. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports, Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can catch Second City Sports first on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube at War Media, once again at WAR Media right here on YouTube. And you can still catch our podcast every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. That's once again at WARR on Anchor. Type that in your search engine box on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on all social media platforms as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. Thank you very much in advance for your support. 
We love you. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Before we move on to the Chicago Bulls and the NBA, Lakina, you have some quick coaching nuggets from the college basketball world. I do. Force Porter Moser, we, we talked about in the last few weeks. We were wondering, you know, whether or not he was going to go and take that next step. Well, he has. Over the weekend, he was named the head coach over at Oklahoma, replacing the retiring Ron Long Cougar, I should say, who you know, had a great career, 674 wins, went to 20 NCAA tournaments, two Final Four appearances. One of those was with the Final Line. The other one was with Florida in 96. You know, that was before, you know, Billy Donovan came along. But, you know, we kind of figured that, you know, that Moser was going to, you know, get that next step and take that, you know, that, you know, that job. And, look, I mean, I, I guess – they, I guess Loyola offered him a whole lot, including like Cubs tickets. He's a big Cubs fan and such. And <laughs> but I, you know that that was just what they were saying. But <laughs> but uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it was enough to lure him. And look, they've got a, look. They've built a nice program over there. I know Oklahoma was a football school, but they've had a they got a pretty good basketball for tradition there too, both on the men's and women's side. So congrats to yes. him, and you know, also co- congrats to Coach Kruger on his ret- retirement. And we'll see what he does there. I mean, hopefully that style can kind of resonate. And look, he can kind of give you know teams like Baylor and Kansas and Texas mm-hmm. Tech and Texas, who we'll get to in a little. I'll get to it like in a second, but you know, give them a kind of a run for their money. Yeah, congrats to Coach Moser. He did great things in the city of Chicago. He brought basketball back to light within the city limits. Of course, we talked about it before, Lakina. Uh, Paul had they'd been missing. I know that last time they made the tournament was like 15 years ago, I think, 03, 04, and they got embarrassed by the eventual uh, national champion, UConn Huskies at that yeah. time. But it's been a long time since the college basketball team that played within the Chicago city limits captured the city. DePaul yeah. was that before Bulls basketball, before we were kids, yep. okay? For those of you that are history buffs and – they were they were born way after us. The Paul <laughs> basketball was the mecca in this town, okay? And they have been captured that since we were kids, and that's been a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you do your research on that. Yeah, but uh, Porter Moser did his best. He stayed a decade at Loyola, got him to the Final Four of 2018. We know about his personality, his coaching style. As I said before, Lakina, this is what happens when you're in a mid-major compared to a big conference. Now that Moses is in a big conference in the Big 12 for Oklahoma, he's going to do a good job. Give him a couple years to get to where that program is. That program was good already, but yeah. to implement his system, his style, and get his type of place that he wants in there, give him a couple years. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the tournament next year, but from where the Sooners want to go, give him a couple years. But I think he's going to have instant success. So yeah. good luck to him in the Big 12. Should be. He, yeah, I mean, he's going to do great things there, no doubt about it. Also, shout out to Lon's son, Kevin. He's now the new coach over at UNLV. Chris Beard takes over for Shaka Smart, who went to Mar- Marquette. He's now, he left Texas Tech, so that's Jazzle. Now he goes a little, about about an hour and a half, a little further west to, I think it was east, or northwest, I should say. My, my Texas geography is not very good. You know, to, to Austin <laughs> to, to get to Texas, to the Texas job. Um, Richard Pertino, of course, he's, you know, didn't go out the market long. He's going to New Mexico. Um, his assistant, mm-hmm. Ben, his top assistant, Ben Johnson, stayed in Minnesota as the head coach. So he got promoted there. You know, Loyola, they, you know, they kept in the family. Drew Valentine, who is Denzel's older brother, he's going to be taking over at Loyola. It's sort of, you know, implementing that same system. So he should be able to recruit. You know, he was actually one of the top mm-hmm. recruits. He got a lot of those guys 
you know, you know, like Lucas Williamson and Crockwick mm-hmm. and those guys from the team that went to the Final Four a few years ago. He was a big influence on that. Um, of course, Mike Woodson's now in the, now in Indiana. Tony Stubblefield, who, if the name doesn't sound familiar to DePaul, you know, people, he was actually, you know, Dana Altman's top assistant for years over at Oregon. He now takes over for Dave Leto at DePaul. And those are some of your quick college hoops coaching nuggets. And, you know, North Carolina, of course, is still out. So we'll, you know, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens with that job. But, you know, those are your college, and also Texas Tech too, now that Chris Beard's gone. So, you know, those are your college hoops coaching nuggets. Back to you, Sid. <laughs> tonight on world news Uh, let's go with the chicago bulls looking as we talk about the bulls in the nba the bulls six game losing streak is now over Uh, they defeated the new jersey nets on sunday 115 to 107 nikolai Vujicic led the bulls with 22 points and grabbed 13 rebounds Kyrie irving who was the only healthy uh superstar for the new jersey and that's he had 24 points and 15 assists lakina a couple things that uh, that stood out to me uh, balanced scoring from the chicago bulls team even though kobe white uh um those the point guard is still out with his injuries he's dealing with that zach levine had a nice strong game uh with 25 points in 35 minutes even though he's still dealing with that ankle but uh, I, I think I, it's safe to say this call me crazy but until further notice thomas sanaransky he's the starting point guard for this team yeah, and he's Sato, doing an adequate job right now. Yeah, Sato looked really good. I, I, I have to say, you know, he had 19 points. It was a season high for him. And, and, and look, mm-hmm. I, I know people want to kind of give an asterisk to this win because, like you said, you know, Kyrie was the only healthy net. I mean, look, you know, they, they still they still had Blake Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge in his first, you know, mm-hmm. start with them. Bruce Brown, who's actually a pretty good guy off the bench. Also, Joe Harris as well, you know, guys off the bench. That's actually still a pretty good, formidable lineup for the Nets. I know, yes, Harden was out. You know, yes, KD is still have, you know, still have issues with the with his hamstring. But, look, that's still a pretty formidable lineup. So, anytime mm-hmm. you can beat one of the top teams, you know, in the NBA, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself. And, look, Levine, you know, you t- kind of tell you still struggling a little bit. Look, he scored 25 points. I mean, c- come on now. Um, mm-hmm. Vucevic, you know, had a double-double again. He continues, like, he's, you know, we're seeing what, you know, what made Vucevic so good down in Orlando. You know, Patrick Williams had 11 mm-hmm. points, made some key rebounds there, some steals. Also, too, Thad Young had 12, you know, had 12 points, mm-hmm. you know. Also, Daniel Thies, who, like I said, is going to be, you know, a cult figure here in Chicago, had 10 yeah. off the bench. So, look, some great – Including two and three from downtown. Where did yes. that come from? Yeah, <laughs> look, look, he can shoot the three pretty well, <laughs> believe it or not. I know people find it hard to believe. But, yeah, look, I think, look, this is the kind of win that, you know, that can only do good for your confidence. This is sort of like the ease – you know, the Bulls are kind of going to the easy part of their schedule, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. They play the Pacers tonight. You know, I'm looking forward to see how they how they look. Um but look, I think you gotta be feeling pretty good. I know I know Bulls fans are sort of freaking out about after that six game losing streak, but I think I think we hopefully this is a sign of things to come for the Bulls. You would hope so. Um, going back to that game on Sunday against New Jersey. How about Troy Brown Jr., who uh, who was part of that trade for Voyage uh, from um doing doing uh, Boston trade. You know, from Boston, sorry. Yeah, I said Voyage. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he came off the bench. He, he gives that energy. That's what you like to see from guys like that that's looking for opportunity to get more playing time. 
Mr. Brown had 28 minutes of scoring six points, but he grabbed seven rebounds, so he contributed yeah. on the defensive end. And that's what you like to see uh, from this Bulls team. Yes, there's still going to be problems uh, with the interior defense. Like you, like you mentioned before, Daniel Tice, I like him. He's going to be a cult figure here, but someone else going to uh, going to have to step up uh, defensively, especially in, in the paint. Because yeah. everybody thought that Vujicic uh, trade was going to solve those issues. Vujicic is not a defensive guy, folks. He can score offensively, and that's what you want to see. But defensively is not Vujicic's game. That's that's never been his game. I think people exactly. I think people are seeing that now. I mean, look, he can score, he can rebound, he can shoot. You know, the from deep. But again, he's not. You know, he's not really a defensive guy. You know, that's still going to be an issue for the Bulls. I mean, look. I mean. Look, as long as, you know, balanced scoring, I think that's really – that's all you can ask for if you're a Bulls fan. I know some Bulls fans are saying, you know, let's take the rest of the way and try to get that top pick. But, again, the That's East out is, the window, folks. Yeah, that the East is so bad. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately – look, I'm not – look, I'm not being you – know, I'm not using hubris here. I mean, it, it's true, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's why the, the Bulls, despite that six-game losing streak, we're still in, you know, in 10th right now in the East, despite all that. So – uh, again, I think look, the the Bulls are going to get into the playoffs in some form. You know whether it's you know mm-hmm. they I know they probably won't get to the, the top you know top six, but they'll get to one of those play-ins. And look, you want to see how this team looks, you know, so you can build on for next season. That's really what AK and Mark Eversley are, are striving for. I think. Yeah, we'll break down the rest of the weekend coming up in just a moment. But looking at the Easter Conference standings this morning, Lakina, before we started recording, Charlotte, I know they're going to miss uh, their rookie point guard, LaMelo Ball, for the rest yeah. of the season. But they're in fourth place. Actually, they've been playing better since this injury. But they're in fourth place. Boston, they're in eighth place as we speak. Yeah, they missed the playoffs. Ooh, Brad Stevens, you getting your pink slip? Yep. We haven't said this in a while. He's getting his pink slip and his link card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, and his like, goodie bag. Yeah, that, that, like <laughs> look, like I said, after the Bucks, there's like a seven, like a six and a half game like drop. Yeah. You know, Atlanta, which is playing very well. Shout out to Nate McMillan. You know, they've been playing mm-hmm. very well too since he took over. Um, you know, the the final line of Tech Irish, the you know, Miami, they've won four in a row. Um, mm-hmm. you know, sure, I know they won they lost their game on Sunday night, but you know, that you know, that they've still been like you said, they've been playing better since you know, Ball's injury. You know, mm-hmm. the Knicks have been kind of been up and down. You know, the Suns, like you said, they're they've been, you know, terrible as well. Look, the Bulls are still right there. <laughs> I mean, look, I know it's absurd, but that that's how that's the East, folks. I'm sorry. You know, the Wizards are sort of, you know, gonna try and make a run, you know, for one of those those playing Toronto. You know, you really don't mm-hmm. know what they're gonna do. I mean, you know They have one less win behind Chicago right now. Yeah, and you wonder, are they going to tank? Are they not? You know, they're going to try to go for one of the play-ins. Who knows? So, but the Bulls are going to get in in some form. I'm sorry if you avoid the tank the, the tank crowd, but that's just how it is. The East is terrible. I've been telling folks. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just saying, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. That's me. As we talk about the Bulls in the NBA, we'll break down the best and worst from over the, the action from over the weekend coming up. Uh, Lakina, you mentioned the Bulls schedule. You're listening to this podcast on a on Tuesday, which is today. They'll take on the Indiana Pacers to, tonight. That's one of the many teams the Bulls are battling for for one of those um, uh, final few spots in the Eastern Conference playoffs. After uh, tonight's game against Indiana, they'll go to Tampa 
to play Toronto on Thursday. And then Friday, they'll go to Atlanta. That's not going to be easy. As you mentioned, Atlanta's been playing a whole lot better than next Sunday. They'll be at Minnesota. Of course, next week's action, they'll take them to Memphis and that makeup game from the first half of the season. And of course, next Wednesday, they'll host Orlando at the UC. And of course, next Friday, they'll host Memphis at the UC. So, and next Saturday, they'll have Cleveland at the United Center. So in this supposedly easy stretch of the of, of their schedule, they only have a couple of uh, opponents that are at 500 or above. They should be able to take advantage of the schedule, Akina. Uh, if, if you say they, they should make in the play-in tournament, this is the time to make their move. We kind of said this for the last couple of weeks. So this is the time for this Bulls team to make their move right now and get some of their – issues out the way to at least solve some of their issues. Yeah, like the Bulls, these are some very winnable games, Sid, so there's no mm-hmm. excuse where the Bulls could, you know, can't, you know, be at least finish at 500 with a stretch, at the very least. Exactly. Exactly. Now, let's go to the 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 action from the weekend, Lakina, from the the rest of the association. What, what stood out to you, both uh, good and bad? Um... I mean, the, the Clippers look like they might have, you know, righted the ship. I know that, look, that, that, that Lakers team is, uh, you know, they're not at full strength right now. We know that. But, look, I think, you know, you beat your rival. That That's always, you know, that's always a good confidence boost. I mean, because it kind of been kind of been hindering a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, look, they, they looked really good. You know, Boston had a nice little rebound win, being the Hornets by 30. I think that, need, that, that was a much-needed confidence boost mm-hmm. for them. Um, you know, we talked about Atlanta, how, you know, how well they've been playing. Mm, I mean, Milwaukee just edged out the, the, the Kings, you know, they, look, they gave the Kings mm-hmm. gave them all they can handle on Saturday, you know, but they were able to kind of ooh squeak by that little win there. Um, um, I, I mean, look, you know, Philly, you know, Philly looked really good against Minnesota. They had to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, edge it out there and look that, 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 did you see that Pacers Spurs game? 139, 133. Yeah, 139, 133. You know, at you know, they went into overtime. You know, Carol had 26. I mean, that was a crazy game from start to finish. So, you know, that that was a pretty interesting game. That was during the, I think that was during the semifinal. I guess probably why you missed it, but I, I kind of caught mm-hmm. a little bit of it via my laptop, especially after that Baylor game was a blowout. But um, <laughs> I mean, right? But you know, that you know, look, I, I liked what I saw with some of these, you know, some of these teams and and look, I mean, it's going to be interesting as we get to. There's going to be some very interesting matches as we'll talk about in a little in a minute here. But what's up for you? Uh, thumbs down to the Golden State Warriors uh, losing their last two games yeah. of the road trip uh, in the East Coast. They got beat down by Toronto uh, last Friday, and of course, they lost a close one on Sunday at Atlanta. I did check a little bit of that game out. Steph Curry has some few choice words to say after the game, <laughs> and. Uh, it's not looking good for Golden State. As I said before the season started, uh, we know Clay Thompson won't be back until next season. Uh, yeah. But Clay Thompson, not Clay Thompson, Draymond Green Draymond, and Steph yeah. Curry had to stay healthy for this Warriors team to compete for a playoff spot. If that happens, they should be in the playoffs, but they got to play much better than that. Uh, Friday's game, uh, uh, good night. I know they rebounded a little bit on Sunday. The score uh, didn't uh, – didn't, uh, indicated that they played a whole lot better, but they got to start uh, collecting wins here. I'm not comparing this team to, of course, the championship era Warriors. That's long and gone, okay? But uh, I know the Warriors are going through a t- tough stretch, but they're, they're almost like the Bulls. They had to play much better. Yeah, 
they they do and plus they're, they're right there in the western conference you know they got to play much better because i i just think of, unfortunately you know steph steph's been kind of in and out with some of his injury issues so it'll be interesting to see how they, they finish up but i mean it's going to be interesting though i mean you know, we're kind of getting to the type, you know, halfway through the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be kind of like a, a sprint to, you know, how these teams are going to finish. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they look, how these. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets up. look good. They defeated Orlando on Sunday. Aaron Gordon played against his former team. Denver is starting to make the moves just like the Clippers taking advantage of the injuries for, for the Los Angeles Lakers. When also too, Joe Kitch, you know, started kind of, you know, starting to solidify himself is probably the front runner, I, I guess, you know, for MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like I said, they need to, they need to improve their seating because I don't <laughs> think people can justify giving it to someone who's on a team that finished like fifth in the West, a very deep Western <laughs> conference. Un- un- unfortunately, that this is how it is, but we'll see what they, what, how the Nuggets finish. Um, look, Utah, I know, look, they beat the Bulls. They, they had to come back to beat the Bulls. That's the yeah. with their 21st, 21 straight home win. They haven't lost, I think, since December. So that's, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, look, it, it is what it is. They made 16 more three-pointers and then the Magic and, the, and, the, you know, and then during the first half, that's the largest differential in mm-hmm. any half. So again, I'm kind of in that mindset. Look, do this in the playoffs, folks. You can, you mm-hmm. know, get the number one seed in the West. That's fine, but if you don't do it in the playoffs, you know, it means nothing. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Now let's preview some of the um, some of the games that you should expect uh, to watch uh, this upcoming week in the association. Let's start off with the Tuesday schedule, which is today for those of you listening on the podcast, of course. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Lakina, the Bulls will play the Pacers tonight at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, the first game of the TNT doubleheader at 6.30 p.m. will have Philadelphia at Boston. Philadelphia has been the, the, the best team in the NBA, perhaps the best team in the East all year long. Joel and B, hopefully he'll come back to play. Boston, they really need to turn it around. Their record stands at 500 right now. Yeah, they. I think the Boston needs this kind of this type of win, you know, again to give that confidence boost because you know they're, you know, people are starting to get a little antsy down over there in Boston. So mm-hmm. if they can beat the 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 Sixers, I think this will definitely help with the confidence. The second game, the doubleheader, will be Milwaukee and Golden State. That should always be fun. We'll see if mm-hmm. we'll see if Steph plays. You know, it will be Steph versus uh, Giannis. That should be an interesting one there. And I'm just kind of surprised that this game is not going to be on, but I'll be watching it via my computer, my laptop here. Um, Portland, <laughs> Portland and, the, and the Clippers. That should be a fun yes. one. Dame versus Kawhi. Yes. That's always fun when those two get together. And I, I have no doubt that tonight's meeting will not be no different. Yeah, as I said before about Dame Dollar, as the kids will call him, uh, he should be your top three. He's my number two slot for uh, league MVP. Oh, I, I totally agree with you there. And I think if they could get improve the seating and hopefully, you know, guys are starting to get healthy for the Blazers, hopefully, you know, we'll see them, you know, mm-hmm. be even even better and improve their seating in a tough Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Let's move over to Wednesday's action. We'll start – on ESPN, their first game of their doubleheader at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the New Orleans Pelicans will travel to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. I assume that the Nets will have a mash unit lineup again. No Kevin Durant, no maybe no James Harden, maybe no James Harden, but Kyrie Irving's still there. Yeah, it'll be interesting what what how how this team looks. I think it's a very tough New Orleans, you know, Pelicans team. I think Zion will we'll see how that that whole group, you know, 
of Pelicans play against the Nets. I mean, full strength or not, that should be they'll they'll have a tough you know tough go at it regardless though I think so this could this could definitely go down to the wire. Yeah, and the second game of that ESPN doubleheader for Wednesday at nine o'clock will have the Utah Jazz at the Phoenix Suns. This should be and will be an entertaining one. Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell. Perhaps, perhaps, maybe a preview of a Western Conference, either a semifinal or a final. You know, that's a long way out, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But this should be an interesting matchup, though. Regardless, you know, Donovan Mitchell, like you said, Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker. That should be a, a fun matchup, and we'll see two different, totally different styles of, you know, of offense, you know, there. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they look. And one more game. I know this is very underrated, but keep this in mind, folks. The New York Knicks will travel to Boston to take on the Celtics. The Celtics will be playing the second game of a back-to-back. The Knicks, uh, they're they're competitive uh, with Tom Thibodeau, as you well we know we know here from watching him coach here in Chicago, Lakina. But that Knicks team, you know, they could do some things as we said about Boston. They need to turn it around and turn it around quickly. Should be a very interesting game, and like you said, I think you know they really need this win. Also, another underrated matchup, you know, in the West, you got San Antonio and Denver. Again, this will be the second of a back-to-back for Denver, so we'll see how they look. Mm-hmm. And you know, it should be a fun one. There could be again, could be a meeting for the Eastern, for the Western Conference, I should say. Mm-hmm. But should be interesting regardless. Now down. All right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> Okay, let's move over to Thursday. The first game of the TNT doubleheader will take place at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Miami Heat. Of course, no LeBron James, no yeah. Anthony Davis. Maybe Andre Drummond plays. We, we shall see. But the, both of these teams are looking to improve their playoff seating. Uh, Miami has turned it around recently, especially after the trade deadline. Jimmy Butler looks like he's on the mission again. Miami's playing some good ball right now. The Lakers just need to ride the ship until their superstars come back. Let's let's hope they can. Hopefully, like you said, hopefully. Look, we saw how you know Andre Drummond looked with the Lakers. You know the fact that unfortunately, you know now I guess he has an ingrown toenail. You know, oof, that's that's mm-hmm. that that'll hurt. You know, I'm sure, especially for a big guy like Drummond. Hopefully, he'll be back. You know, hopefully they'll be back and make a go go out of this. Should be a fun game. You know, re- regardless if he plays or not. Um, of course, the Bulls and the and the Raptors down in Tampa. We'll see how both these teams look because both teams need this win to kind of stay in that conversation mm-hmm. for one of the playing spots in the East. Milwaukee and Dallas. You know, Giannis versus Luca. That should be a. Fun I'm looking one. forward to that one. <laughs> that should be a lot of fun. Also, Portland and Utah. That should be another good one. Dame versus Donovan Mitchell. That should be very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, if you're TNT, I'm surprised you didn't grab that Milwaukee-Dallas uh, game, especially yeah. you knowing that LeBron is out. Uh, yeah, I think, unfortunately, they don't, they, I, they're not able to flex. It's not the NFL where they can flex it, so I don't know why mm-hmm. they didn't flex it, but, you know, hopefully maybe the, the next TV deal they'll be able to do that for these type of situations. But, you know, speaking of TNT, Phoenix and the Clippers, that should be a lot of fun, mm-hmm. too. Yep, and at the same time at 9 p.m., on Thursday, you'll have Portland at Utah. That's going to be fun as well. Dame Dalla, a.k.a. Damian Lillard versus Donovan Mitchell. Those two teams are really trying to, to improve their seedings, especially with, with the injuries to Los Angeles Lakers. Yep, should be should be fun regardless. Um, on Friday, um, let's see. Friday! Yeah, Friday. Um, Memphis and the Knicks. I mean, that's an NBA TV matchup. That should be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, ESPN is going to have Masters coverage, so that's why these games are going to be on e- NBA mm-hmm. TV. Memphis and New York, that should be a fun one. Of course, the Bulls, we talked about, you know, a few minutes ago, said the Bulls and 
and the Hawks, that should be an interesting one there. Hawks been playing a lot better. We'll see how, you know, that plays out. Yeah, Philadelphia at New Orleans at 7 o'clock. Maybe Zion Williamson returns, maybe not. If he does, there'll be a great game. If not, this still should be competitive. At 8 o'clock, you'll have Charlotte at Milwaukee. Charlotte's standing at number four as we record this. Of course, Milwaukee is right ahead of them. Of course, at 8 o'clock, we'll have San Antonio and Denver. So they're trying to wrap up that two-game series. And then the nightcap on NBA TV will have the Washington Wizards at the Golden State Warriors. Russell Westbrook versus Steph Curry, we, hey. as, we assume. Yeah, yeah, let's hope that's the case because those two have had their battles over the years. So that should, mm-hmm. be, that should be a lot of fun as well. Um, we got some in it. Oh, you know, that's it for unless you got the list. You, you, you need some, want something else to add for the NBA before we you put a bow on this for today? Hopefully that the, the action will start picking them now that college basketball is over with. And like you mentioned, Kenan, we have almost a little bit over a month before the uh, NBA playoffs start. So uh, hopefully the action will pick up and it should be fun um, coming down the home stretch uh, as we wind down this regular season. We still have a little bit over a month to go. Yep. Should be a lot of fun. You listen to Second City Sports Zoom style on War Media. I'm Lakina McGee. This is Sydney Brown. And we, you know, going to cap off the NBA there. And we're going to go to the gridiron, the NFL. Um, so very interesting things happen on the TV side that's going to be happening this year, this season coming up, Sid. Yes, the, the NFL will have uh, will have a, a week 18 schedule as we uh, talked about in the last episode. But week 18 will see a Monday Night Football doubleheader. That's right, I said it. A Monday Night Football doubleheader uh, for ESPN. Usually over the past. I want to say at least the last decade, the last 15 years or so, that week one for Monday Night Football was uh, was set for a doubleheader. It's not going to be that way uh, going forward this year. It's, it's going to be one game, and the doubleheader will be at the end of the regular season. I know that the NFL for over the last few years has had some things fall into place in terms of uh, flex scheduling, in terms of who's going to compete for the playoffs or which team could clinch if the other team loses, which game should they schedule in the early slot, the late slot. I know Sunday night football was evolved in the two. We all saw what happened last year with the Washington and Philly game mm-hmm. uh, regarding that. But I don't like this. I mm-hmm. don't. I know ESPN wants to get it on into with the flex scheduling with the Monday night football thing. Okay, you got that, okay? But I do not do not want to see a doubleheader at the last week of the season. Every game is not going to mean anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> you make your most money on opening weekend. Keep the Monday night doubleheader week one intact. Why are you messing with the good thing? Stop. Well, they're well. I think that's what they're <laughs> I think that's what they're hoping for. So they're hoping for one of these games will be for a division or for one of the wild card spots. I think that's what they're banking on. But again, what if everything is already wrapped up? by the time that second Monday night game starts. Because remember, there is, no That's Monday my night, point. Mm-hmm. there is no Monday night game in week 17. So the fact that mm-hmm. now we're going to have a week 18 schedule, I mean, it's going to be kind of like, okay, that's sort of a waste. You know, we were just, just sitting here watching a meaningless game. So I think they need to, you know, hopefully this will be like a flex thing where, okay, if the games don't mean anything or if that 
only maybe that Sunday nighter will be the only game that actually means something. Okay, maybe they can flex that out and you know everything. But again, it's everything's so mm -hmm. fluid at this point, so no one really knows what's gonna happen. So I'm I'm kind of like sort of like flabbergasted when I saw that news. I'm like, uh, okay, that's not not very smart either. I mean, you can say that's you know we can say that it's not very you know practical, but it's just not a very smart move either. I know in recent years, one of those games were blowouts and other games were at least competitive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you ESPN, you were okay. But like you said, in week 18, if both those games were, or let's just, let's just, okay, you get the double header in week 18. Like you said, you think that one of those games will mean for something. It turns out by the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. You're screwed. And you cannot flex out of those games now. You think that no one's going to watch it? Definitely no one's going to watch now. Well, especially if they don't mean anything, I think that's going to be exactly that. That's going to be the thing where, and, and plus, unfortunately, like like I said, you, you're not going to know if those games are going to mean anything until you know halfway you know through sun, that Sunday night matchup. So, what mm -hmm. if they don't mean anything? So, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see what they do here because I, I'm I'm thinking that mm -hmm. I think that maybe that they might try to put in that maybe okay, we'll flex this out in case you know it doesn't really mean much by the fact that by Monday night that Monday night in, at, on week 18. Will it mm -hmm. probably not mean anything? Yeah, we'll see what ESPN does in these networks do. And I, one quick thing, Lakina, before we move on, I did read this last week. I meant to bring it up in our last episode, but the starting, I believe, in 2022 or 2023, of course, traditionally, Fox uh, carries the NFC games, mm -hmm. CBS carries the AFC games. That's not that's no longer going to happen in a couple of years. That's going to change as well. And so they, it looks like they're going to uh, I'm just paraphrase here. They're going to pick games out of a hat. I don't know if you read the article, but they're going to pick games out of a hat and see which network gets the best matchups. Yeah, that that's going to go over well. With I see where they're going with this, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. It, I, I can't really happens. slam it too much because it hasn't officially happened yet, but it's going to happen with the next couple of years. I, I, look, I think all, I think that the good can come from this. I mean, you know, you're going to have one network that's going to have – what if, you know, Fox has some really – all the great games and, and CBS doesn't or vice versa. So, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of weird how they're going to do it. So oh, are they going to, like, pick a number or are they going to do, like, a lottery type thing or are they going to pick – like you said, are they going to pick games out of a hat? I mean, what if you, what if one network has all the great games and the other network has all the stinky ones? I mean, that's, you know, that, that's just, I guess I got to shake it up somehow, but I just think that you're kind of just asking for trouble in, in doing yeah, it. Yeah, I think you have to have some type of lottery system because this is what you're trying to avoid if you're in the NFL. One network has all the, all the big games and you're CBS. We paid all this money just like uh, these other networks and vice versa. We get screwed out of this. I guarantee you this NFL is not going to let that happen. So you got to have a fair system to uh, to be, pick the best games for both networks. They may just do like, okay, you know, we'll have to, we'll alternate. Okay, if you want, you want this game, you know, okay, that's, that's out west. But okay, we'll say that for the, for the late slot that will be on CBS. Or if you want this game, mm -hmm. that's probably what they're going to do. Then I'm, I'm sure they're not going to they have like who alternate, like which network is like first choice and stuff like that. That's probably how they're going to do it. Because the, the games out of a hat, that's sort of luck. So you can't do that. You can't really do a lottery system either because again, that's luck. And you don't want to risk having one network having all the good, all the great games and the other ones not having, you know, being the, having the stinky ones. So you know, mm -hmm. I think we're going to have like, okay, okay, you pick one, you know, and, all, and alternate and just do it that way. That's probably what they're going to end up doing. 
Yeah, this should be a fair system. We'll see what happens with that coming up in a couple of years. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. That's me. Let's, as we talked about before we started recording, Lakina, let's save this best topic for less. We can go on all day about this. I don't care. We're not going all day about this. But <laughs> since we have these several minutes left, Lakina, this is my first time. Uh, catching a versus battle all the way on Easter Sunday. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the versus battle musically between the Isley Brothers and Chicago's very own Earth, Wind, and Fire. R.I.P. Maurice White, who died back in 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lakina, I caught the majority of it. I was watching the Sunday night baseball game between the Sox and the Angels. Of course, I had the sound down on that. I was watching the versus battle via my phone. Uh, I was very impressed. I've never been to a concert before. Don't ask me why it's a long story. I'm not going to get into it here. But if this was a concert, a virtual concert, obviously, even though we're starting to get back to normal here in the early stages. But if that was a live concert, I would have paid top dollar to see what I saw on the versus battle between the Isley Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire. I know many fans gave the Isley Brothers the victory, and some people like yours truly gave it to Earth, Wind & Fire. I was an Earth, Wind & Fire person going into the battle. I'm not saying I don't like the Isley Brothers music because I like their music too. But Earth, Wind & Fire, the way they um, mix genres because, because they came up in the funk era too. F-U-N-K for those of you scoring at home. I did not cuss. <laughs> but they came up in the funk era mixing all kinds of styles of music, especially with their horn section. They had the best horn section on the planet, folks. Uh, listen to some of their songs that... Uh, and you can hear just great music coming out of your speakers on, on this, many of their tracks. But the way they harmonize and the, way, and the lyrics, too, which catches you, if you don't like that, I, I cannot help you, okay? I know we're both uh, 80s babies. We're both born in the 80s. Yes, I said it. <laughs> but, but Earth, Wind & Fire, I know they have more of the mainstream success than the Isley Brothers. Uh, I was actually on the text chain with our, our colleague at War Media, Kenneth Davis. Also, he's the host of the Under Center podcast at NBC Sports Chicago. That's the Chicago Bears podcast. Support that, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and you can follow him at Des, Des Davis. Uh, on the Twitter and the IG. Uh, he brought up a great point. I want to ask you this. If the Isley brothers, if they were a group, they were of, of a different persuasion, if they were white, do you think they would get uh, the credit that Earth, Wind, and Fire gets or more? Or do you think that statement is flat out nonsense? I, I think it's I think it's nonsense. I, I think, if, look, if you listen to all the, I was talking to this to a friend offline and I, I said, look, if you look at you take away, you know, the fact that Isley Brothers name, you know, all the hooks and the, the lyrics and the music, some of the lyrics and the music, a lot of those were, you know, you can go in the charts even now, or you can go back to maybe in the 80s and perhaps even the 90s too. A lot of those were sampled from the Isley Brothers. So when I, and I think that, mm -hmm. you know, some of the legal issues that Ronald went through and, you know, some of the other things mm -hmm. that happened in the group, I, I just think it's sort of silly to say that well if they were if they were white they would have been more famous or if they were more mainstream like earth wind and fire is they'd be more famous like, oh, look, I, look i know white people who know who the Isley brothers are so i mean you know, so i think that mm -hmm. same is a little bit you know kind of not i don't want to say nonsense you know, i can understand why you would mm -hmm. think some people would think that way but look, mm -hmm. there are other things you can say that it's more racially motivated we won't get into it but i think in this right case, I think that's so, a whole nother issue in itself that's a, yeah. yeah that's another issue for another episode but 
I just think that in this case, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's right. I mean, I think you hear people say, well, they're kind of unsung. No, not really. People know who that. Most folks know who the Isley Brothers are. I mean, yeah, they didn't sell, you know, millions of records or have like multiple top, you know, top, you know, five hits. But again, if you listen to some of the, the music from the 80s and 90s, and even some of the early parts of the 2000s, some of that stuff mm-hmm. was from the Isley Brothers. So, you know, mm-hmm. people, you, you've heard, you've heard of the Isley Brothers song in some form or fashion yeah because both groups uh have had an influence on uh the culture uh, not just musically but the culture as well as you mentioned they both those groups had the influence of hip-hop you, you listen to songs from ice cube and to an extent the no- yeah. notorious big especially yep. i love it when they call me big pop they sampled the isley brothers yep. in between the sheets so in yes. ice cubes today was a good day that's the isley brothers sample yep. so uh, those are the two prime examples right there there's also other no name rappers that sampled their uh, both those groups' music as well. Uh, Queen Pin, a party ain't a party that came yes. out in '97. That was Earth Wind and Fire's. Fire, uh, yep. uh, that's an Earth Wind and Fire sample as well. So both those groups had influence um, uh, throughout the genre of music and hip hop as well, and just throughout the whole culture period. The Isley Brothers have been together for 50, 60 years. That uh, they started in the late 50s. Yep. Of course, they uh, had they went through the 60s. Of course, they picked it back up in the 70s. They had some. Uh, hits in the 80s too, not just early, but in the late 80s as well. They de- they performed one of them on the Versus Battle on Sunday, uh, Smooth Sailing, which is an under underrated song in my opinion. But uh, they performed that. Of course, Ron Isley re-imaged himself in the 90s with the Mr. Biggs yeah. uh, image. A shout out to R-, R. Kelly. I know he's not a popular name right now, but that's a whole nother episode. But mm-hmm. I know he gets the credit for producing those songs, and no doubt. But Brian Isley's now ex-wife, Angela Wimbush, is she was behind the scenes with the imaging as well. So let's give her credit for that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to uh, Unsung episode yep. of Angela Wimbush on YouTube, and they'll yep. give you more information about that. But And also, Ryan Isley has some hits in the early 2000s that you mentioned that, as well, even without the production of R. Kelly. So uh, this man has been around for a long time. He's 79 years young. I don't know if you caught it, Lakina, but he that he had that golden cane on him. Yes, he was he did. standing <laughs> up strong, looking looking good. He t- it was a few times that uh, a couple of a few of the songs that that, that the Isley Brothers sang. He took off those glasses, took off that hat, and he looked good. He's had <laughs> he has a gray beard now, but he still yes. looks good for 79 years old. Yeah, we you know he's he's had some legal issues, but he's been able to kind of over overcome that. And, and look, if you think about it, I mean. Look, you go back to the 60s. I mean, look, Paul McCartney, you know, I think even said it as far as recently, said, look, if it wasn't for the Isley Brothers, we, you know, Mm -hmm. the Beatles wouldn't be where they are, where they were, or become household Mm -hmm. names if it had not been for the Isley Brothers. They had a lot of influence on how, what, you know, they gave them to us on, you know, the music and, you know, lyrics and stuff like that. Mm So, look, I I think that that should, that should, look, if Paul McCartney is saying, (laughs) Paul McCartney is saying that, and I think you better listen to the man. So, look, I think, look, this is, it was yeah. a great versus battle. Like I said, I tuned out because, you know, Steve Hart was making about himself too much. So I, I, I couldn't deal with I do agree. I do agree with you on that. Uh, during the second half, we talked about this before we started recording, but Steve, during the first half, it was more about telling the stories and stuff yep. so that both the groups couldn't perform the songs longer than they, like they wanted to. But I like Steve Harvey, but that first half, like you say, he made it a little bit too much about himself. I know he he had he used to black red R back with that 
smoking of that cigar. But but outside of that, but during that second half, you didn't hear him as much. So they let the, both those groups go, and they performed all the hits. If, if you know them, if, it's, if you, if, for those of you that missed it, oh, did they perform this song or that song? They played all the hits. So okay. I don't know where you can catch it. If you catch it somewhere, please go look at it. It was a, a, a great battle. Uh, I will sing along to most of those songs. Lakina, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. I'm be that quote-unquote old man, get off my lawn. But me and you are both 80s babies. Listen to radio in Chicago with like BMX, now V103 and WGCI when it was actually a great radio station back then. Mm-hmm. You could, uh, I'm sure you grew up in this type of household. I know I did. Every Saturday morning, you know, doing chores and doing stuff around the house, your parents turned on that music, and whether you liked it or not, you had to listen to it. So, uh, you know, great music like that, I'm not saying it wasn't needed back then. Obviously, it was, but it's more needed now more than ever. Uh, everybody talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. We need a vaccine on this whole music industry, to be honest with you. And th- uh, so we talked about it before. I'm not going to get into much uh, too much on here, but there's no balance, and this is all a uh, uh, all across the board. It's not just hip hop, it's all across the board. That uh, the what broke groups brought to that versus battle, it was just tremendous. Uh, I knew all this, maybe one or two uh, songs I didn't know, but most of the songs I was uh, singing along with them or humming to it was, it was just great to listen to and see. I was in nostalgia <laughs> mm-hmm. on, on Sunday night, and, and I, I do not and will not apologize for it. I mean, look, it was it was a great battle. They've got some great battles coming up in a couple of weeks. they got Method Man and Red Man. That should be a fun one, too. A couple of weeks after that, they're going to have SWV and, and Escape. You know, versus I'm looking be, forward to that one. Versus has kind of become sort of like this, you know, nostalgia. I think they really took off, you know, during COVID. So people were kind of mm-hmm. just yearning for nostalgia. So, look, yeah. you know, Easter Sunday, that's a pretty, you know, they had like about like 500, 600,000 uh, views. Mm-hmm. I really hope I would, you know, they really should consider putting their stuff on YouTube because I think that yes. that could, you know, really help for those of us who are not on Instagram or for people who, you know, probably didn't get a chance to watch it because it was a holiday. But I mm-hmm. think they're you know, trying to capitalize on that. But that's not a bad number, too, for Easter Sunday. But, but you know, look, I'm looking forward to some of the other ones that they have coming up. And, look, let's kind of, like, mix up a little bit. Do some, like, some rock or some, you know, maybe, like, you know, adult adult contemporary type music, you know. Because there, there, there are a lot of, you know, mm. some people said maybe, you know, Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC. That'll probably never happen. Um, oh, no. Stevie, Stevie Wonder versus Elton John. I mean, that, that might get a lot of people's attention. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, you know, a lot of stuff has been sampled through both those those artists. So, you know, I think that versus, you know, thank God for versus. I think it's keeping people's sanity. I think through all of this. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of versus, uh, of course, there was a lot of celebrities uh, chiming in, in in the comment section. I'm sure yes. you saw this too. Obviously, mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp of Fox Sports One and Undisputed with Skip Bayless. He said that Charday should go into the battle. He said Charday question mark who. And uh, most people, including yours truly, said Anita Baker. Would you watch that? I know she's retired now, but would you watch that battle? I would. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I'm sure she'd probably come out of her retirement to 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 do that. I mean, both both women, you know, have had their had their hits back mm-hmm. in the '80s and even in the early '90s. You know, that should mm-hmm. be an interesting one, one as well. So, look, I think a lot of people are having their opinions on who should be, you know, which versus battle do they want to see. So, I'm like, we'll be just see what you know how far they can go with this. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get out of here, Lakina, I know you say watch uh, s- some of that battle. Like I said, I watched pretty much the majority of that. Do you have any uh, favorite Osley Brothers records or 
or Earth, Wind, and Fire records that that people may not know or do uh, do not know? Which ones do, would you say first? Oh, is, if there's one Earth, Wind, and Fire song that you can only play one song, what would it be? Oh, one, oh, um, hmm. Oh, there's so many good ones for both. I would, you know, September. I mean, that way you don't have to worry about it not just being in September. So, I yeah, mean, that that would be a, a good one. That was there. one of the last songs they did last night, uh, not, oh, Sunday night, rather than the battle. Hmm. Yeah, they did do that one. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I another, like that one. That was that was a good one. Um, Shining Star by them. And look, there were so yes. many hits. Um, I mean, look. Who's That Lady by the Isley Brothers is a good one, too. So mm -hmm. there's, like I said, there's so many good ones. It's hard to kind of, you know, mesh on, on you know, one particular song or two particular songs. It's hard to kind of narrow it down. But look, I think hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll have it on YouTube, especially if more people sort of lobby it for it on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to something in these next battles. I mean, look, Summer Breeze by the Isley Brothers was another good one. I think that was very, that's probably a, Kind of yeah, they, that was one of the first songs they did when I watched yeah. the battle. It was composed by Seals and Croft, so that's a you know people mm -hmm. who remember that version they don't remember the Isley Brothers version, but that was a good right. version. Right, remember too. Isley Brothers did that version second, like yeah. you said the, the the first group that you mentioned they did that first. Seals and Croft, yeah, that was the both, mm -hmm. both versions were very good. So you know if you're kind of like depending on what you're in a mood for, but that that's that's another one of my favorites. Um, for the Isley Brothers, I mean you know Footsteps in the Dark, you know both parts of that. It, they're they're both very long. Mm -hmm. The long the LPs, you know, if you the remember, old. <laughs> the old LPs were like like fifteen minutes. <laughs> of course, you can't. Do oh that. yeah, you can't do that kind of stuff now. But mm -mm. I mean, you know, I'm I'm. This should be very interesting. You know how how this will whole mesh because I think that this will definitely be something that'll get get you know people of all generations in, into. So nice yeah. little battle there. Yeah, and real quick, shout out to Ernie Isley. I know they had to move the program along. Shout out to DJ uh, D Nice as well because he was yeah. he was doing his thing on the turntables. But yeah. Ernie Isley, of course, Ryan Isley's brother on the guitar. Of course, if you don't know the story, he he hung out with the late Jimi Hendrix and learned yeah. to play that guitar, especially on Summer Breeze. Woo! He snapped, as the kids yes. would say. He yes. snapped. I know they had to move the program along, but I said to myself, and I did, I made a comment or two on Instagram a couple of times. Let that man play. Yeah. As soon as the song went off, let let him play just a couple minutes longer. He was killing it. But I, I think I think you know they do that intentionally because I guess they don't want to have to pay you know royalties for the entire song. They could probably play like maybe a minute of it too. That I think that that's Good the reason point. why. Yeah, that's the reason why they do it because they can't pay like the royalties. They gotta pay like out the whole royalties so they can get away with maybe playing thirty to two minutes of you know songs. You know, I I understand why people are saying, oh, why did they play the song longer? That's why they mm -hmm. don't, because of the fact that they don't want to pay like the royalties and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to uh, um, talk about this. Like I said, we can go on forever, but you know we don't have that kind of time. But <laughs> I was in pure nostalgia on Sunday night watching that versus battle, and uh, two great groups. Uh, both of them great, great catalogs of music. And those are uh, generational songs, and that's why those songs will last the test of time. It'll last all of us. It'll last our kids and our, their kids' kids' lifetimes. Those are just timeless classic music. Absolutely. Oh, a couple of quick shout-outs, real quick shout out to the Stanford women for women winning their first <laughs> national championship, you know, over the win of over down there in San Antonio a couple of days ago. Tara Vanderveer wins finally joins the club with Gina Oriema, the Lake Ray Pat Summon, also Kim Mulkey as coaches that have won three titles. You know, 
her first title since 91. None of her players were born, you know, when Stanford won their, their last title. They've been, you know, she's been close a couple of times, but they haven't, you know, they haven't, you know, been able to kind of, you know, get over that hump and, and pull it out, but, you know, good for them. And look, look, hopefully this will be the, will be the last we see of Adia Barnes and, and Arizona. They, they look like they can kind of start something new with that program. Yeah, they came out of nowhere this year. And I, I'll be honest with you, uh, not watching that much women's basketball. They came out of nowhere. I know they upset UConn in their national semifinal, but hopefully they'll be back. Yeah, also, also, it's Masters Week, folks. You know, you got the, you know, the cool little music there, too. You know, Janice is going to be going from Indianapolis down to Augusta. You know, I'm, I'm sure probably, like, right, you know, right afterwards. And also, too, if you guys had not had a chance, Sam Farmer, the uh, veteran sports writer for the Los Angeles Times, wrote a really great article about Jim Nance. You know, he, be, yeah, he got a chance to call his alma mater. That's where he got his start, you know, calling. You know, mm-hmm. He was a PA announcer for the for Houston during the Fly Stale Jam days. And actually, he actually gave Clyde the Glide his nickname, Clyde Drexler, his nickname. Mm-hmm. And they're still, they're still very close friends. So if you guys haven't had a chance to check out, check out that. Also, how he actually kind of went into, went into you know, he actually went to, went to Houston for golf on a golf scholarship. <laughs> Didn't, you know, find out he wasn't really that good, like some of his teammates. So Guy Lewis, you know, the late, the late great Guy, Guy Lewis, um, he... <laughs> You know, he you know got him kind of like the old let's you will give the PA job, and then of course the rest is history. And you know, Sid mentioned about his time, his you know gymnastic time in Salt Lake City. So if you mm-hmm. try to check those, I'm sure they're on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, real quick before we get out here, Lincoln, do you know that will the Masters let uh, limited amount of fans in there, I or not? Do you know? Yeah, I think they're doing like twenty to twenty to thirty. I think. Okay. What I read, I, yeah, I think twenty to thirty percent, maybe. I thought some somewhere maybe forty, but I think the you know, the the the, math, the the Augusta people probably want to like kind of don't want to take any chances of it. So mm-hmm. maybe thirty percent, I guess they'll they'll have the players tested. I think some people have already been vaccinated. I think they're gonna have some healthcare workers there too, you know, giving them some of them. So that should be very interesting. Okay, that's good. That. Yeah. Good. All right, All right. closes out. On let's happy notes. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can catch this program, Second City Sports First, on YouTube every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's every Monday and Friday. And you can catch our podcast version of this every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. That's once again at W-A-R-R on Anchor. That kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that our iHeartRadio app. Type in that search engine box on your podcast platforms, War on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more information. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And follow us on all social media platforms at War Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your yes. friends, folks. And thank you for your support. All right, so for Sid, I'm Lakina. It's going to be a nice, nice here in Chicago for the next couple of days, but look, don't get too crazy now, folks. I know, look, you know, still wash your hands, you know, keep your distance, and, you know, mm-hmm. just, just, just practice common sense every day. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> for Sid, I'm Lakina. This is Second State Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you later this week. Till next time, holla! <laughs>